happy to have you here on this 6.56 p.m. marking point. 6.56 p.m. on the East Coast. It is the 12th day of October. We are halfway through October, practically. Like I said, things were going to zoom by. It's going to be the 12th day of January before you know it. So we have to slow things down and really just savor it every night. Hard for me to savor anything when I feel like crap. The sore throat is gone. Uh, I just had a little bit of vice tightness in my head today. But it has now moved on to a tickle in my throat. So if I cough here and there, don't worry about it. I have myself a nice mug of hot water because there's no tea here, nor is there honey or lemon. I have to make sure that I have that stock for the rest of winter in the studio. So, but the hot the hot water will be more than enough. Also, I'm nebulizing my Apex water, and I got other things here too. We got a great guest on tonight. Haven't talked to her in a while. Professor Robin McCutcheon's coming on, economics professor at Marshall University. She returns to assess the current situation that we're in and add a little bit more of a, more of a, uh, I'm talking about when I say current situation, economic situation. I have heard my entire, I guess, conscious adult life that the end is coming. The, the crashes, the, the crash of all crashes is coming and that it's all coming down. And I believe it will be because you, 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 you just have to understand basic kitchen economics and how to balance a checkbook to know that everything we're living with and under is unsustainable. I wouldn't be able to tell you one thing or how it all works, the gear, the, you know, the, all the, the intricacies and the, the, the mini scams and plots that are going on behind the scenes and right under our noses, but, um, but perhaps Robin can help us sketch it all together here because we have so much happening. The Bank of England making crazy statements about how they can't keep their pensions afloat. The Bank of America making crazy statements today, too. i got to read through. We have the Vatican doing this thing. The Federal Reserve is looking into digital currencies. We know that this, this thing is not, is not built to last. It was only ever built to transition into something else more global, less nationalistic, and... Um, and with far less privacy. So I want to talk about that. And I also want to talk about what we can do that is proactive. What are some proactive thoughts to latch on to to counter the creeping darkness? Because Robin is always good about bringing many rays of light into a dark situation. And that's what we'll do here. And I'll make sure I bring her on prior to Christmas again. Because she's great to talk about Christmas economics and all that good stuff. Other than that, in the second half of the show, I, I there's some incredible up there is an incredible update in the Durham trial that I've got to sift through, and it's incredible but not surprising. So we'll do that after the intermission. We'll take calls, other spooky extras. Also, <clears throat> also I'd like to announce that there is no Saturday night show this week. I know I've been plugging it and promoting it that my father and I was going to family and friends come by and we're going to watch Spookies. I just need to take it easy Saturday after working through at what will be at that at that time an entire week of feeling like trash. Um, I just want Saturday to be nothing and most of Sunday too uh, except for the Sunday stream for patrons of course 
become a monthly sponsor on Subscribestar or through QuiteFrankly.tv or anywhere else. There's only other Patreon. That's the only other thing. But I prioritize Subscribestar and QuiteFrankly.tv. And it is it is PayPal safe for everybody out there looking to be a supporter of the show but wanting to sidestep PayPal. Just want to put that out there. But I wanted to take a break on Saturday. So I got in touch with my father, and he said that Saturday the 29th, it actually works out better for him. And it gets us, to, you know, within 48 hours of Halloween. So I think that's great because we'll get together on Saturday the 29th instead. We'll watch Spookies on the air together. On Sunday the 30th, I already know what I'm going to do for all my Sunday programming that I curate for the network. And that will be a mix of Orson Welles because every October 30th is the anniversary of the War of the Worlds podcast. Or, well, War of the Worlds broadcast. Jeez. And then we'll just play cheesy cheesy horror films or something like that. It'll be fun, though. And um, Halloween, Monday night, I, I, I think I'll be on air. I just got to take the, the baby to a couple of places early on, but I think it should be. I think Monday night, I think that Halloween will just be like open calls and spooky stories. That's what we'll just do. We'll have some fun with that because then we have so much coming up in the next couple of days afterwards. We're going to be doing primers for the election with Rich Barris, and we ha- I'm, I'm working out all of our November guests, so it should be a good time. That's what's going to happen. So no Saturday, but we still have tonight. We still have tomorrow. We still have Friday. Great guests every night of the week. And um, and for my sponsors plugs, I will just say go to quitefrankly.tv and visit the affiliates, ladies and gentlemen. It is one of the best ways to support the show as well outside of becoming a monthly sponsor. Um, shopping with, with, uh, with sponsors like Secret Nature, Blue Monster Prepping, Wise Wolf, Gold and Silver. After a night like tonight, you might want to call up Tony at Wise Wolf and uh, get yourself some gold and silver or talk about an IRA. <clears throat> so uh, doing stuff like that on the affiliates page is all very mutually beneficial to you because you get something you want, and it helps out the show as well and our sponsors. So symbiotic. Very symbiotic. Okay. All right. Well, with that being said, let's uh, let's go into the next thing, which is our grab bag. This should be an interesting one. We're starting off with Alex Jones. You might have heard it. You may not have. But even so, here it is. So the jury in this latest conga line of judges, menopausal judges that are looking to make a mark of Alex Jones for all their liberal friends. The latest jury has now found that Alex Jones um, needs to pay $965 million to Sandy Hook families. Now a billion dollars. So before you know it, as I said, waiting for the next menopausal judge in a long pinata line that has formed before Alex Jones, I'm waiting for somebody to order him to pay the entirety of the national debt. $31 trillion, Mr. Jones, because children, because this is time, it's our turn in the news cycle to pretend that we care about children again, folks. A moment of silence. This is so far beyond the pale of care of, of children and getting a story right or wrong and, and, and what having a poor, either uninformed or in, in intentionally 
uh, cruel opinion on one thing or another has as an impact on people or the, the, the country at large. So far beyond the pale. So far beyond. $965 million. In, uh, resolving a lawsuit that began in 2018 over Jones's claim the event never occurred. <clears throat> in, in December 2012, 20 students... Wait, 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 this is... Okay, we get it. Six uh, uh, adults died in mass shooting. And he went on to say that they are tragedy, uh, uh, crisis actors on multiple occasions and asserted the massacre was staged to push gun control. And like I said many times, it, it, it takes someone like Alex Jones to get things like this. Um, however he got it and whatever he's paying for, it's so much easier just to sit back and say, the conditions that we have created in this country, pharmaceutically, socially, uh, the breakup of the family, everything else, the conditions we have created in this country is it is so fertile for tragedy. So fertile that um, I'm sure that there has been plenty of tragedy. And we know all about the history, the on the books, on the record, open source history of false flags. But when you live in a culture that is this decrepit, this decrepit, all you need to do is wait. And if you are opportunistic, like our media is, and if you're always looking for a reason to push one, one thing or another, like the media is, and all of their, all of their, uh, their handlers and their, 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 their uh, friends and intelligence and ever elsewhere, then you just gotta wait. There's always gonna be some something else horrible about to happen because we are not a sane, centered, focused, tethered to reality. And sober country. We are we are none of those things. We're not healthy. We're a very unhealthy country. So um, <clears throat> there's no denying that the the role of the crisis actor and false flags. There's no denying the role that those entities have have played in the creation of the world we have today by stoking either wars or civil unrest and whatever the hell it is. No, no whatsoever, but th this comes down to this incredible, this incredible sum and what it's really all working toward. Because, of course, when these people are not pretending, pretending to care about children in order to destroy free speech of their enemies, they're barking like dogs at pro-abortion rallies in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Yes, see, now, the barking like dogs, this is what it's all about. See, no matter how imperfect free speech is, and it is an imperfect thing, but it is a necessary thing if you want to remain free, because then you can talk about good ideas and bad and be able to approach all sides, test out the logic, and, and see what actually shakes out there. The reason why the left hates free speech, as we've talked about many times in the past, is because they have no argument. They have a half a dozen canned rebuttals for each issue that pops up on any given day, and the rest is barking like a dog. That's it. They cannot debate. They can't tell good stories anymore. They, they have lost all sex appeal whatsoever. It's fucking over for them. It's fucking over for them. Which is why they steal elections, and, and they're, they're just bankrupt. 
And again, if I'm going to talk about this subject, I might as well just say it. If having an upsetting opinion about anything comes with a price this steep, then where do we go from here? Which is the whole point of this. Because we are still living through a multi-trillion dollar collusion operation, an effort between media, industry, pharmaceuticals, and government to pump out civilization-halting medical information, which could be argued to have killed more people, more jobs, and more personal relationships than the virus alone could have ever done on its own. Where, where's our retribution? When do we get our retribution? There aren't enough prisons to fit the people who need to be arrested at this point. We should all be able to, we, we should be living tax-free for the next 25 years to make, up to, to make up for what has been done to us. At least 25 years should all go away. But Alex Jones has to pay a billion dollars. What a joke. What a joke. And the doctors, let's, now let's talk about those doctors again. Check this out. Christopher Rufo put this out. Here's a University of Minnesota medical students. They are newly minted doctors. They are swearing an oath. I guess this is their, the Hippocratic Oath, but now they're being led through some very odd critical race theory shaming ritual. It's very cultish, and they're swearing a, a, an, an additional oath to, quote, honor all indigenous ways of healing that have been historically marginalized by Western medicine and to fight white supremacy, colonialism, and gender binary, the gender binary. This is what they're making people recite as they finish medical school. Listen to this. With gratitude, we, the students of the University of Minnesota Twin Cities Medical School class of 2026, stand here today among our friends, families, peers, mentors, and communities who have supported us in reaching this milestone. Our institution is located on Dakota land. Today, many indigenous people throughout the state, including Dakota and Ojibwe, call the Twin Cities home. We also recognize this acknowledgement is not enough. We commit to uprooting the legacy and perpetuation of structural violence deeply embedded within the healthcare system. This is horrible. We recognize inequities built by past and present traumas rooted in white supremacy, wow. colonialism, the gender binary, ableism, and all forms of oppression. As we enter this profession with opportunity for growth, we commit to promoting a culture of anti-racism, listening yeah. and amplifying voices for- The scary thing is that everything, everything you're hearing right here that is being chanted quietly read along as if they're in church, because they are in church. These are, these are graduating priests and priestesses. Everything that they're saying, when you look at just the words objectively, they seem to be really nice. Anti-colonialism, and we're reversing one thing or another, and we are uplifting oppressed people. Objectively, if you look under it without any context of knowing what we're living through, it's, it's nice, which, which is what makes it actually so scary. I've made this, uh, this analogy before. This is the same thing. This is as creepy as walking through a haunted house and hearing a music box playing somewhere. A lullaby being played somewhere, another part of the house that you hear it kind of, you hear it kind of just eerily, eerily wafting through the hallways 
echoing through the hallways. Whereas that music box, how nice. It's in a baby's room. It's a nice sunny day. And there's the, the a nice spring breeze coming through a cracked window. And the, the wonderful little, uh, you know, the pink, pink, uh, I don't know, one thing or another. Curtains is just flopping around in the wind. It's a beautiful day in April. The music box is playing. That's a nice context. But then you put that music box in a haunted house. And it makes things Ultimately worse. Ultimately worse. Because of how you have created this disparity between what you're hearing and what you know the reality is. And that's exactly what this is. This is the mark of some terrible, terrible things coming our way. We were told that we would never see this again after World War II. Positive change. We pledge to honor all indigenous ways of healing, that have been historically marginalized by Western medicine. Knowing that health is intimately connected to our environment, we commit to healing our planet and communities. We vow to embrace our role as community members and strive to embody cultural humility. We promise to continue restoring trust in the medical system and fulfilling our responsibilities as educators and advocates. That's gone. That trust is gone. Now. This, they're all playing around with this nonsense, diddling their skittles over there for their friends and family at this uh, this ceremony. But if you're caught selling apricot seeds or dealing in laetrile, you better watch out. You can't even ask questions on the internet about Rick Simpson oil or chlorine dioxide or ivermectin. You can't even ask questions about it unless it, unless you're over the top critical of any of those things. It's hard to get doctors to even take requests for vitamin C therapy seriously when you're in a hospital. But the next time you are in a hospital, ladies and gentlemen, and things aren't looking too good for you, you should request a rain dance. And then you'll have a parade of nurses rushing into your room like they're singing the birthday song at Applebee's. So keep that in mind the next time things aren't looking too good for you at a hospital when, God forbid, you have to go there. This is very scary. So if this is part of the oath that doctors are on the table now, on the other hand, like I'm saying, if you're using logic, but logic never applies evenly. Because you can look at this from the other standpoint of going, hmm, well, uh, this means that nothing's off the table anymore. This should mean that nothing is off the table anymore. And and because me personally, you know me, if you've been watching or listening to this show for longer than, I don't know, a few months, I don't discount anything that herbal medicines and treatments and anything that comes directly from the earth has to offer the human body. In fact, I think that that is some of the the greatest mysteries of our uh, of, of all of our modern health quandaries can be unlocked by nature itself. Things that cannot be patented. So I, I don't discount herbal treatments at all. I never ever disparage the necessity for spiritual conditioning, especially when it comes to healing and and moving to next phases in life. I'm all for it, in fact. But after what we continue to live through with the COVID shit, it really makes you wonder. It really makes you wonder. What do they they continue to do to us? But um, anyway, I'm going to go bark my way into the intro when we come back we're going to bring on robin mccutcheon talk a little bit about the economy because every day it seems to be something worse and i can't speak adequately on it maybe we'll take some of your calls in the second half on that too 
when we do the Russia news and open up the line. So don't go anywhere. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. Then they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. The willingness to engage in political violence is fatal to democracy. More and more talk about violence as an acceptable political tool in this country. There is no place for political violence in America, period. None, ever. One ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock! Gents, it's 7.16 p.m. P.M. And I'm so happy that you're here with me. <clears throat> I'm trying not to take too deep a breath. I'll do my deep breathing later on. But for now, for now, you don't have to hear me coughing all over the place. I don't know if I'll be able to suppress that all the time. But welcome to the show. Remember that you can still shower me with super chats that contain your thoughts and your wishes for, um, you know, good healing and all that other stuff. Your thoughts pertaining to tonight's show topics, you can send in a, the super chat that I've set up universally for everybody, can be found at quite frankly superchat.com. I believe that it, uh, it allows you to use PayPal or a credit card, just in case people are wondering about that. But I'm trying to find something that we can go to that, you know, because. Um, it's great to have you guys involved, and, um, and I like reading your thoughts. So don't feel inhibited. We'll get there eventually. Quite frankly, superchat.com. And other than that, there is native superchats on Rumble. There's those Rumble rants you can use, and then there are the gold pills on quitefrankly.tv provided by Foxhole. There's plenty of ways that you can support 
and interact with the show, aside from calling in on the, the line that we will open up later on or in the Discord voice chats, which you can go into right now and just wait it out. We got a first-time caller line, an international line, a spooky story line that we are leaving up all week, all month. So there's that. There is that. Welcome to the show. That's what we're doing tonight. Okay, it is... It is Wednesday. Wednesday the 12th. And here's a little bit of the, of the, the reason why I had to bring on Robin McCutcheon. Though I booked her a long time ago, it's because these types of headlines are always coming out. And they never stop. And just like the saber rattling with war, we see escalations and promises of, of worse and worse uh, results, but we just don't know. We just don't know when the hell something's going to happen, what that something is. And I guess the, the, the real issue is wh- how much of time is relative? When you say that it's all going to collapse, in the grand scheme of things, even 100 years is a drop in the bucket. So... Uh, You know, 100 years of human history compared to what we're living through now. Anyway, you know what? I I know that Robin is hanging out with me right now on the... She's hanging out in the the Zoom, so I'm going to bring her in a little bit early, and why not just get this started? But here's a little bit of what I I was talking about before. Bank of England to global markets. You have three days to sell all the things. This is from October 11th. It's what I would love to talk about first with Robin because it, it there we go. Oh, Robin, you hear me? I can hear you now. Wonderful. Wonderful. So so we're on the, we're on the same page and, and there you are. You're on screen with me. Hey. Well, what was the last time you were on? Wow, I don't remember. Don't tell It, it might have been Christmas. Oh, don't tell me that. That makes me so sad if that's true. But the time flies I, and I just don't I don't know. Wow. Well, anyway, you're you're back now. And uh, I, I know that we're going to have a good time tonight because I need to get I need to get some understanding here. In recent weeks, in the last couple of months, I should say, we have the Bank of England struggling to keep pensions afloat. Uh, the Bank of America making harsh statements of their own. I'm going to read through with you right now. Job projections are 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 not looking good. They're saying we're going to be losing a lot more as time goes on. Social Security is now trying to keep up with inflation by just arbitrarily raising the money that they're sending people, which I know, let's start with that for a second. Robin, am I, am I uh, wrong in thinking that I have read somewhere that it has been almost 10 years now that we have been actually taking out loans to make our payments for Social Security? I, I did not know that, um, but I do know that the Social Security trust account um, was paying out more money than they were taking in starting in around 2016, which was approximately 15 years sooner than they thought. So, I mean, there's, there's no money there. All the money that we pay in goes right back out to the, to the seniors plus some. So, um, that if they're taking loans to pay this, wow. What a concept. Well, that's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about. We're so screwed. Yeah, because I'm I'm saying I know it's a trust fund. Uh, Apparently, since the day that we've all started working, they're they're taking uh, money out of our paychecks to make sure that there's money in there to be taken out. But as you're saying that they're paying more than there's, there's even in there, which you would think that it would just all flesh out because we're 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 putting in and it's it's only for one use. 
but now it's not. And to think that more money is just going to be created out of thin air to be able to give to people to keep up with, get this, inflation, they're creating That's more. Laughable. Wow. It's but, laughable because our inflation rate, by my estimation, is probably somewhere around 30%. 30. It's not, it's not the 9% that the government's telling us. That's, that's poppycock. How do, you it, get, how do you get the 30? Tell us all. Well, well, first of all, the inflation numbers that the Federal Reserve calculates takes out the price of energy, so there's no gasoline prices, and it takes out the price of food. But if you go shopping, and I know you've been there, if you go shopping or you fill your car with gas, that is the highest amount of prices that we've seen. Well, gas prices were up at what, 425 or so in the summer of 2008. So our gas prices are right around there. And our food prices have not been this high in decades. I, so, I've never seen it. So, so, so when, I add in, when I add in food prices and gasoline prices to everything else that is going up in price, that's how I can get to 30% inflation or 30% plus. Well, I, I can tell you, I've I've only been shopping for food myself for maybe about twenty years now, and I I've never seen anything like this before. It's the, amazing. The, the price the price per pound of beef is incredible. Yes. It's just incredible. And but there's more. It's all over the place. Um, we I saw the Vatican Bank calling all of their banners home. Uh, we continue this march toward the adoption of central bank digital currency as well. What the hell, if you could pick any of those one things, even though we, we talked about Social Security and the inflation rate already, but what would you uh, talk about most, or, or how would you consolidate all of what's happening right now all over the world into um, into what we're facing? And then I'll ask about timelines. I think what we're seeing is the last push of the last push of the deep state, the mother weffers, to try and regain control over countries and central banks that they have had control over for at least 100 years, if not more. And the Vatican Bank calling all of its money in, the European Central Bank having trouble um, regulating its interest rates, the Bank of England having trouble with its its pension fund, it's buying and selling bonds, it can't keep anything straight. Our central bank is, I, I'm trying, I'm editing my words here. Our central bank is literally on the verge of bankruptcy. All Western central banks that have used the fiat money scheme of printing money out of thin air are very, very close to collapse. Our fiat money is worthless. I used to say it's worth less, but now it's just worthless. And all of this was pushed very fast forward because Russia in the very last week of, of February, the far, first start start of the week of March this year, backed its ruble with gold. Hmm, 5,000 Russian rubles bought a gram of gold. 
And President Putin came out and told his citizens in the first week of March, I'm taking all the taxes off of gold and silver. Go out and buy as much as you can. And, um, and, and I know, because I've researched this, but I've watched it happen back in around 2004 or 2005, Russia and China started working together on a collaboration to trade goods and services using the Chinese yuan in trade with the Russian ruble. Now, what this means is that they're skipping over that middleman of the U.S. dollar that, that everybody used to use. So they had already put into motion almost 20 years ago the activities that would be necessary so that they would not have to use the U.S. dollar as the, the currency to trade goods and services with. Then we have, um, we have other countries joining them. You know, the BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, but there are other countries now that are, like most of the Asian countries have, probably except for Japan, have joined in this consortium with Russia and China, meaning we have now approximately half of the world's population that are not using the U.S. dollar at all. And so what we're seeing here, what 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 we're beginning to see manifest in the markets is the collapse of the U.S. dollar, the collapse of all fiat currencies, which is why I kept saying, buy gold, buy silver, get you some Blue Monster prep stuff, make sure you've got food for your fur babies, make sure that you're, make sure that you're okay for a little bit. Um, you know, our grandparents and great-grandparents, I'm sure your grandmothers and great-grandmothers um, stored up food for the winter. Mine did. Um, so, you know, this, I hate to sound like a prepper because I don't think I am, except that I am, I'm looking into the future and I have been for a while and what I see, I, um, it doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy. So we have been preparing. We have been um, making sure that we have some storable food. We have been making sure that all of our debts are paid so that nobody can come knocking on our door demanding money or anything else. And, and I hope that your viewers and your audience will do the same. Now, I'm not saying go take your money out of the bank. That, that's, I mean, you, you want to make the banking system collapse faster, everybody go run out and take your money out of the bank. Um, but I don't think we want to do that. I do think the Federal Reserve, um, in reaction to um, Biden's executive order 14067, which uh, authorized the Federal Reserve to seek um, pathways to a digital currency, and he signed that in March of 2022, I do think that the Federal Reserve Bank is, is looking as a last-ditch effort of ways of controlling people. And a digital money, a digital currency certainly would do, would, would do that, it would be that. But that digital currency would not be accepted by Russia or China or anyone else that is backing their currencies with um, precious metals. See, uh, that digital currency will collapse even faster than our fiat currency. That's what I'm wondering. And I, and I know, as I said in the opening, that 
most of these systems were built to collapse so that we can fall into something new, something more global, uh, a lot something more. Something more authoritarian, and right. something more manipulative, something where someone not you is controlling your life. Yes, well, so then this that's is my, the this, direction they were headed. So then this is my question for you, What, as far as what we're facing. The question as to whether or not the 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 pain that we're feeling at the gas pump the pain that we're feeling um in the grocery store and all of that is intentional has been settled they are doing to the, this to us on purpose we can be energy independent if we want we have more than enough space and more than more than enough uh land to feed the world if we wanted to and we're de-incentivizing farmers to uh to to do things we are we are stacking the deck against ourselves and it makes it really begs the question why are we collapsing our own economies in the west and um you know we we have this whole thing about the global the the great reset going on there but if global consolidation robin this is my my latest question because the the whether the question about whether or not is an, it is intentional I'm not even asking that one anymore. My question now is, since you brought up BRICS and all these other, these global consortiums that have have popped up parallel to what the West is doing, what US and NATO and everything else, if global consolidation is the key, then how the hell, if you collapse all the Western economies into one, then what do you do to take on the the other half of the world, the other half of the population of the world who have already seen what you're trying to do and have set up something separate from it. That's that's my question. What you you do you go to physical do you physically go to war with the the second half of the world? That doesn't seem very practical. What what do you think? No, I I don't think I don't think you go to war with the rest of the world. Um, I think what's going to happen is that by bits and pieces, um, dare I say, ones and twos or tens and thousands and millions of people will begin joining that other system. Um, getting off the grid takes on a whole new meaning. D don't Just get off the central bank's grid. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa have already built a completely different banking system. They're not using the SWIFT system and they haven't been. I think uh, Russia was kicked off the SWIFT system in February. So they're already not using the central bank system. And I would say that, that people around the world will be migrating to that system. They're not going to stay in a central bank digital currency system. They're, they're just not going to, uh, especially when we have mobility of the Internet. I don't have to leave my home to use some other banking system than what's here in the United States. Does that make sense? In yes. fact, I sent you a link to We the People Processing, which is a, a company sort of like PayPal, but it's run by patriots, Nick Ruiz and his friends. So the, already, in fact, if you think of it this way, Frank, for the last, say, 20 years or maybe a little bit less, people around the world in little groups have been getting off the central banker's grid. It's like having a train on a track and, and you're on the train and you can see the track and ahead you can see that the bridge we're coming to is not there. Mm -hmm. um, but, but what you don't realize maybe is that the people who are driving the train have switched tracks. And even though we're still headed toward that bridge, I'm thinking what we're going to be seeing is we're going to take a right turn 
and we're going to go off onto a new bridge because that old bridge is all broken. So these people who have been designing alternative banking systems that are outside of the Western Central Bank system, though that's the place where everybody's going to go. They're, they're going to leave the, the central bank digital currency way behind in the dust. The central banks are going to collapse. Um, it might take a little minute for our economy to kind of right itself, but, but we will. Americans and people in general are highly ingenuitive. I've said this before on your, on your program. We're very creative. And we don't really take very kindly, especially Americans, we don't take kindly to being told how to live our lives, if we can live our lives, what to do with them. And I'm, I'm certain, I'm absolutely certain in my heart that, um, that what we're seeing is the last gasping breath of a deep state that cannot possibly win against the forces of the rising ants. If I can put it that way, I, and you, that's that, and that brings up something else for me too, which I I can't wait to see how it plays out, and hopefully, hopefully, um, this this generation that's alive right now actually gets to see it, or maybe we're just laying down the groundwork for my daughter's generation or her children's generation. I don't know because the question I have after this is timelines and timelines to collapse and all that. We'll get to that, but the question of justice. When you talk about we're on a corroded train bridge. And we can see that the bridge up ahead is out. And there's got to be a switch before we get there. And that we're going to, and that, you know, our ingenuity and our, our uh, business acumen as people and, and all the tools that we have and the ideas we have, it, it's going to be our saving grace. I believe that. Only thing is that there is a system of regulation, a system of authority, and a, a central authority that is, if it still exists is so jealous and so hateful and spiteful of us, our government, that it would not allow that to happen, not without a real, maybe physical fight at times. Now, um, they, they don't want us to be independent in any significant way. We've seen that just with the attempt to splinter social media into different pockets. You know, they tell us, well, if you don't like Twitter, then get off of it. Then we get off of it and they chase you somewhere else. They, they contact you know, one hosting service or another to make sure that, you know, your website comes down. They go to MasterCard. They go to Visa. They go to PayPal. They call in all of their... And they, they, it's, it really is a, a manhunt to destroy a way of thinking that you can survive outside of a globalist worldview. So my question really comes down to justice and retribution once again. Mm. How do... W w what does that look like? Because uh, unless, unless we were able to defeat our pursuers... That we're never going to be left alone. I can see your point on that. And, and it would be worrying to me, except that, okay, call me crazy, but I've been seeing some really strange things go on. Like, let, let me give you a couple of examples. There's a, a guy in Pennsylvania running for Senate. His name is Fetterman, right? <laughs> He, um, and I'm sure all your Pennsylvania audience is going, oh, God, not him. But how strange is it that this man who can barely put two sentences together and has to, you know, sort of blink his answers in Morse code, which is impossible for him. How strange that um, all of a sudden now it's, it's, it's like right up in your face 
that this guy is completely unsuitable for office. Let me give you another example. Um, well, I, I would have said the the resident, um, Mr. Poopy Pants, but um, <laughs> every day he's in our face, showing us how inadequate, completely incapable. Um, it, I, I, it's I, it's almost like it's it's a poorly written pantomime. I and and let me give you some other examples. Um, so. What we've been seeing at the state level, and I've listened to Chris Ann Hall about this, and I don't know how well she, how well connected she is, but it almost seems to me like the states are beginning to take back their power that they had had pushed over to the federal government. Mm. And so, one by one, states are taking, clawing back their power from the federal government, which is going to leave the federal government almost skeletal. It will leave the federal government very weak. And and so these are just these are just a few things that I've been watching that it makes me scratch my head and go, what's really going on here? I mean, it looks very odd. I'll put it that way. Um, if we were in one of those John Carpenter movies, I'd say this is the point where um, the guy in the in the mask is trying to scare all the kids and the kids just stand there and laugh at him or meme him. Oh yeah, no. You're talking. You're, that is the uh, the uh, the allegory that we keep bringing up of uh, of Nightmare on Elm Street. The way right. to the way to defeat Freddy Krueger is to, is really just not to believe in him. Like you don't exist. You uh, laugh at him. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Especially when they ha do have some real world ability to reach through the bed and grab you by the throat. But well, I, I, it's but, a good but point. Wait a minute. Look look at what happened with PayPal on Friday. PayPal announces. Uh, sends out a, a memo, sort of, um, that they're going to charge people $2,500. They're just going to take it right out of their account if they don't like what somebody is saying on social media. And my goodness, by when was it? Sunday afternoon, all of a sudden, oh, no, 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 uh, that was an accident. It was a mistake. But something like that has to go through the lawyers what happened they got exposed for being woke and and how fast is it going to be before patriots all over the country or people all over the world go no i'm not using paypal i'll use this we the people processing or some other place that's not paypal that paypal doesn't control and see that's that's the great thing about all of us ants there are far more of us than there are of the few locusts that are trying to control everything and when you get when you get the the mass crowd going in one direction, PayPal's going to be broke. They're going to be out of business. So so I have I have a lot of hope for the future because not only am I seeing things that truly don't make sense to me under my normal assumptions of how government's supposed to work. I have to make I have to go all the way back to my assumptions. Remember that scientific method we talked about? Yeah, remember that? I have to I have to go all the way back to my original assumptions and say, okay, well, obviously I've made an incorrect assumption because what I'm seeing contradicts where I thought I would be. So, so maybe our assumptions about what's happening are completely wrong. Maybe we need to go back and reassess, okay, what assumption would it be that we should make that would give us through the scientific method, the result of 
Biden's pooping his pants in front of the Pope. It's almost like the guy's an actor. Like uh-huh. he's just a really bad comic. I mean, he's awful. And it's right up in people's face now. Everyone in the United States that is awake, not woke, awake, is seeing just how communistic the Democrat Party and and most of the rhinos I mean, it truly is the uniparty at this point. They're seeing just how communistic, authoritarian, totalitarian all these, I have to edit, all these people are. Mm. So if you wanted to get people to wake up in the country so that they would stop voting for these communists, how would you do it? Wow. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you put on a damn good show? This is a this is a great show to to to, to achieve that end. That's for sure. Yeah, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you have some really great actors? I mean, if if that guy is Biden, I'm a horse's ass. That guy is not Biden. You go back and look to the original Biden pictures, ten, fifteen, twenty. That guy is not Biden. He's either wearing a mask or, or or he's a damn good actor. But he is a damn good actor. You would think that they, they would find an actor that has a little bit less dementia, though, Robin. Well, I don't know. Is the dementia real or is he faking it? Or is it or is it he's partially demented and sometimes he's got some, you know, minutes of clarity? I don't know. I have no idea. I just know that if it was me... And I wanted to show the entire United States what communism looks like right up in our face. This is exactly what I would do. I would have people like Tulsi Gabbard um, come out and all of a sudden just turn around and go, nope, I'm not part of the Democrat Party. Really? When did that happen? (laughs) How long did you take to make that decision? When did you finally figure out the Democrats were communists, Tulsi? I know. So, I know what you mean. I know. So, yeah. So I'm just saying the things that pay attention to what's going on out there, because I think we are seeing something that we have never seen in this country before. I think what we're seeing is a uh, it's a real life LARP about what communism would look like in our country if it actually happened, because at the same time, we're watching this ridiculous puppet movie pantomime what's going on in the background is that people are getting off the central bank grid they're going over to places they've they've already built their communities i mean look at your show you've been on you've been on air for what 10 years more more yeah you have built your own community it's not like you ask permission from somebody you just all of a sudden you were like no i i gotta do my own thing and you went and did it and so are a lot of other alt alternative media podcasters and video creators and and that was one of the reasons that that youtube just took a shit right after um what when when did everybody get scraped off was it, it was, right after the election no it was actually right but the the biggest the biggest clearing was october of 2020 that's it. it was right That's before it. the election. Uh, right. it, it was obvious they didn't want anybody breaking down what was about to happen. Right, exactly. And so what's happening now before this election? Let's see. Um, do you think Musk is going to have total control of Twitter by the time we get to another week or so? I don't know, do, actually. Yeah, 
all of those people who got shoved off right before the 2020 election, a lot of them went to other places, Rumble, BitChute, other places. So they've already got their um, they've already got their railroad train on the other track, and they're they're cruising on. They go, hey, the bridge is out, everybody, but we're going to be fine. We're going to be just fine. And so um, I see some good things coming. I see I see your little girl and my grandson growing up in a world where people know because they have experienced communism right here in our front door, and we're never going to go do that again. We're going to vet these people who run for office to within an inch of their life. There's not going to be a secret or, or a closet that we won't know what's in it. And see, that's the beauty of the Internet. When everyone has the power of the Internet in their hands, you can have no secrets, none. And how many how many secrets did Epstein have? How many secrets does Ghislaine Maxwell have? How many of those bastards in Washington are really pedos, child traffickers? How many of them are in on it? We're going to find out because you can't hide that crap for long. Oh, well, you see what they well, you, what they were able to hide, at least in a little sense. You're talking about uh, Joe Biden's son in that October, another thing that they were doing in October of 2020, Uh while they were clearing out YouTube from some of their uh, bigger alternative media uh, uh, thinkers and and talk shows, they were also uh, enlisting Twitter to go out there and suppress the New York Post and anybody else from talking about something that should have ended a the, the the presidential campaign of Joe Biden instantly as if he actually had a viable one to begin with so right. it, it was it was just really I, I understand what you're saying where when, when it comes to the just the the question of justice and retribution and how do we actually detach okay well wait a minute then, let me answer that question about justice well I okay how many people how many people in your audience who are never jabbed have family members who have had one, two, three, four, five, six jabs. How many of your audience members have had family members um, injured forever or dead because of these jabs? And um, I already know in our local area, there are doctors who are basically folding up their tents and leaving in the night because they fear for their lives because they push those jabs. So there's, there's going to be retribution and justice coming. There is. It, people will either be shunned, they'll be driven out of their communities, they'll be arrested, tried for crimes against humanity. Fauci's going to hang for genocide. Uh, that one I'll be looking forward to. Not, not that I'm that bloodthirsty, but that man needs to go. And um, we're going to see... We are going to see the sort of justice coming, the likes of which this country has never and this world has never seen before. Why do you think President Trump spent half a billion dollars expanding Gitmo? He put in three geriatric hospitals. Geriatric hospitals? That's for old people. Uh, you know, Robin, you, you, when, you, when you bring all this stuff and you put up and you put it all together... I can't do anything. I can't prevent my heart from soaring with, with hope and for that to have. And, and if it does, I will celebrate. Uh, but you know, in the meantime, as you said before, there's no time to wait around, and uh, it's always about what can we do, how can, proactive can we be, and 
Hell, I mean, some, there's nobody more or uh, more deserving of that kind of justice than Anthony Fauci with everything we've gone through and how cold and heartlessly this was being done. I mean, yes. you, you must have seen before we came on tonight that uh, graduating class of doctors in Minnesota. What the hell yeah. did you think about that? I, oh, I, I think that the American Medical Association and every doctor and hospital that has been um, intricate intricately connected to pushing these jabs, I think they're going to go down. I think we're going to see doctors and nurses and hospital administrators that are tried for murder. And they'll get the rope. And and I think that um, I think that the AMA has uh, disgraced itself. I think that it's only the only thing it could do to redeem itself is to come out and say we were wrong, I, but but see, to say we were wrong, they'd also have to say, we misled you on purpose because we wanted you, most of you, to take this so that you would, um, first, so that you would be on a subscription medical plan to Big Pharma, you know, every time, it's almost like Jurassic World, they had to give those poor dinosaurs a shot just so they could keep living. That's what the AMA and Big Pharma wants. But so the AMA really can't come out and say, look, we were wrong because they were in on it. Doctors were paid to give these jabs. Hospitals were paid to murder people. Just go look at the CARES Act. All the money is in there, how much money the hospitals would make for every person that they um, that they pr brought in as a COVID patient or um, put on remdesivir or intubated or even killed. So it's all in there. All of this is going to be coming out. And yes, there will be justice. Timelines? I'm not sure. But it's sooner than it was two years ago. Well, let me ask you this. Getting back to the, uh, economics in particular, because uh -huh. it, it all ties in together. Yes. Um, as I said before, there is, you know, I've been reading uh, uh, plots and, um, and threads and articles and blogs of impending economic doom for years. And I know that in the scope of human history, even 100 years is not a long period of time. Right. If, if something starts in 1913 and it collapses in 2025, uh, that, that is a, that's a pretty quick turnaround when you think about the tens of thousands of years of history that we can analyze any day. But um, what do you, as, as, a, as a, a professional who deals in, in education, especially in economics, and you're analyzing the world, you analyze uh, our domestic situation, you have history on your side as well, what do you personally need to see happening in order for you to say, oh my, it's happening, this is it, like the collapse, this is it. Like, what do you need to see? What, what headlines, what happenings before you're going, oh boy, here we, strap in, here, here it goes. The first thing that, that I saw that made me kind of perk up my ears a little bit like a cat going on high alert was back in February of 2020 when President Trump um, put the Federal Reserve up underneath of the U.S. Treasury. And so that was the first thing. And I looked at that and I said, why would he do that? And then things roll along and... The next thing that made me perk up my eyes was that the Vatican called all their money back, every single dollar from every place around the world. And I was like, why would they do that? Well, if the Vatican takes their 
hundreds of billions of dollars out of every single bank. What do you think is going to happen to those banks? Look at what happened to Credit Suisse. They almost went under four days after the end of September. Every, all, every dollar had to be in by October 1st, I think. And three or four days later, Credit Suisse just about went belly up. And now the Bank of England, their pension plan is in big trouble. And they they can't keep their bond sales going. They they um, the uh, Andrew Bailey came out yesterday, I think, and said in three days um, we're not all the selling stops. So things are already at the tippy tippy point, and it's for me those are things that make my <laughs> makes my spidey tingle, my spidey senses tingle because these kinds of things um, are happening much faster and sooner than I thought they would. Mm. Right? So I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking we're getting towards the um crescendo of the opera. I'm thinking we're getting pretty close to um that really scary part of the movie that that everybody goes, ah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, this here I'm going to read this to you. So <clears throat> this is a little bit from what what Bank of America told CNN. Okay. And then I'm going to read you a little bit of a comment that came from a friend of mine. They said the Federal Reserve's aggressive efforts to bring down historically high inflation will cause the U.S. economy to start losing tens of thousands of jobs a month beginning early next year. Bank of America warned in a note to clients seen by CNN. The pace of U.S. job growth is expected, expected to be roughly cut in half during the fourth quarter of this year, according to media outlets. The media outlet reporting on Monday, as pressure from the rate hikes mounts, non-farm payrolls will begin shrinking in, the, in, to, in early 2023, translating to a loss of about 175,000 jobs a month during the first quarter, the bank said. Charts reportedly published by Bank of America suggest that the job losses will continue through much of 2023. The Fed has been raising interest rates at the fastest pace in at least four decades to cool spiraling inflation, despite the risk that it will exacerbate recession risks. Now, here's the, I want to hear what you have to say about that, but here's the note that was sent to me by a friend of mine when he sent me this article in general. He said... Uh, Frank, they have to do this to prevent the pension funds from collapsing, which would make the entire system crash. The only alternative then would be martial law, rationing, etc., until a new form of government could be devised or a dictatorship, maybe even a rush to war with Russia. Uh, maybe, maybe the rush to war with Russia is because they know there is not much more time until the money runs out. Well, um, I think... The Fed is in a very precarious position. First of all, the more they raise interest rates, the faster they will collapse the economy. But remember, they want us to be in that central bank digital currency. So they're going to raise the rates as quickly as they need to so that when, when, when the rest of the world stops using U.S. dollars or figures out that our dollar is just as worthless as their fiat currency, then the central bank can go, look what we've got. We've got this great digital currency, which the rest of the world will say, that's just as fake or faker than your U.S. dollar. You, you have to remember, the, the central bank is not our friend. It is not our ally. It never has been. Their whole point of existence is to control the money supply so that they control people. Well, 
when you have people that are making their own money with Bitcoin and and um, and basically taking themselves out from underneath of the control of the central bank, well, the thing that it really wants to do is go hardcore authoritarianism. It, that I think that's the reason the central bank is pushing us with raising interest rates, because they really don't have any other tool than interest rates. At that's all they've got. So if you wanted to control people and you figured out that you've inflated the money supply into worthlessness, then the only thing to do is to go to the next currency, which is a central bank digital currency. But that I don't think that's going to work because I think that other that, that we will as a crowd, go out and find other platforms, we will take ourselves off the central bank grid. And, um, and we'll, we'll go to other places that we can use our, our own digital currency. Let me ask you so, this. Uh, can you break down real quickly for someone like me or anybody else who lacks even rudimentary understanding of banking outside of the nature of it and you know, uh, fractional understanding, fractional reserve lending, and and how to balance a checkbook, as I always say. Uh, can you tell me what, why, how does raising interest rates cool inflation? So, when the central bank raises the federal funds rate, which is the interest rate that they command banks to charge each other for overnight loans. When they raise that interest rate, so banks now have to pay a higher price, essentially, to loan each other money overnight. Well, they're gonna they're gonna share that increase in price with all of the bank's customers. So if the bank has to pay a higher interest rate to its friend bank across the street to borrow money, then your bank is going to raise the interest rate that they charge you on your car loan or your house loan or your credit card. And it, and it ripples out that way. It is a very slow ripple. I mean, and I'm talking probably a couple of years slow ripple from the time that the Federal Reserve first starts raising that federal funds rate until it's actually felt in the economy. This situation is a little different because the Federal Reserve had a little bit of help installing the economic growth because the very first thing that Biden did when he came into office in 2021 was he shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. So while money makes the world go round and money can control people, the economy runs on energy. You don't have cheap gas, cheap oil. You're going to have a really expensive, pricey, inflated economy. Mm. So. So for so when you deposit, say you deposit $100 into your bank, they put it in your checking account, but the very next thing that, that they do is they loan out $99. And they loan it to your brother, say. And he takes that $99 and he puts it into the bank. Your brother and you both think you've got 100, he's got $99, but in essence, the bank is loaning, they're loaning out almost nine out of ten dollars every dollar that's put in every ten dollars all that money is loaned out and so that's that's the nature of fractional reserve banking so your brother puts the 99 dollars in the bank loans out 98. 
Now, the trouble with the bank comes in when you and your brother and everybody else they've, they've loaned money to who has deposited this money into the bank goes in and says, hey, I want my money back. There's not enough money in the bank. Banks are, banks are telling their customers, and you can check with your online, online chats, banks are telling their customers, um, you can only take out so much money. Yeah, I know it's your money. Yeah, I know you probably got $5,000 in there, but you can't take it all out now because we don't have it. And mm -hmm. that's the problem. The, the banks have run this scam of fraud and swindle of loaning money and you deposit it, the people who borrow the money deposit it, and then they reloan all that money. Remember the famous um, scene in It's a Wonderful Life where yeah. George Bailey and his new wife, Mary, they're driving down the street, they're ready to go on that vacation to Europe, you know, the honeymoon, mm -hmm. and they go past the Bailey building alone, and there's a big crowd, and the, and the taxi driver says, hey, George, George, I, that looks like a bank run. So they pull over and George walks in and everyone is there to get their money. There's no money in the bank. George has used that money to make loans to everyone else to build all their houses. And George, that's what George tries to tell them in that scene. He says, well, well, John, I can't give you your money. Your money's in Sam's house. And I can't give Sam his money because Sam's money's in Joe's house. Yep. That's the nature of fractional reserve banking. And I know he was at that time. He used all of his his all of his honeymoon money. He said, "Listen, just I know you have this much in the bank. Just tell me how much you need to get through to the next the next exactly. uh, week or so." But exactly. But you know, with that, it, it makes me think. And as far as how inflation inflation um, is cooled by interest rates, is that just? And you said it's a slow trickle. Is that just because people are having to give up more money with interest that it takes more cash out of the system? Well, that and as those prices start jacking up, people begin to, because their income has not gone up, <clears throat> so more of their income goes to pay for food and gasoline and rent and utilities and such. So what are they not buying? They don't have as much disposable income to go out to the movies or to go out to dinner, and so they don't go do that. And so this, the very nature of high prices and inflation means that at some point that inflation is going to crest like a wave because as people pull back their spending, that in and of itself will bring prices down. You'll have um, what we call demand destruction because people won't be out there spending their non-existent disposable income. But at the same time, at, at the same time, business owners, uh, anybody that that uh, you know, large part of the economy that is built on disposable income being spent, they still have to pay overhead. So right. I mean, it seems like the, 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 it, there's going to be damage one way or another. Exactly, and on the other, <clears throat> so so as consumers, the demand side of the economy, as we're pulling back our spending. Then on the supply side of the economy, which is all businesses, those businesses that have designed their business around disposable income will, of, of the consumer will find there aren't as many consumers. And some of those businesses are going to go out of business as well. Mm. And so you get a general overall decline restriction in economic growth. It's not economic growth at that point. Now we're talking about economic depression, economic decline. And, and once again, I have to say, 
if I was designing a movie to make people wake up really fast, I'd put, I'd put poopy pants in and I'd, I'd have him shut down the Keystone XL pipeline and um, I'd just show everybody what communism looks like right up close and in their face so that they never vote for it again, ever. So you think that, this, that, that, uh, that Joe Biden was put in by benevolent forces that wanted to teach us a lesson? I think that there's better ways of teaching that lesson. Like, you know, reversing course. Really? Yeah, like reversing course on, on the way that we're destroying minds with education and entertainment. and. How would you? So so remember during the COVID summer I mean, that's and, the, the, and, and Robin. the COVID fall. I, I'm just saying, you, you, you listen, I know that your little girl is young, but when she gets to be 35 and she knows everything and she thinks you're a doofus, <laughs> and, and, and trust me, I've been there a couple of times. Um, you can't tell your kids anything. Sometimes they just have to learn the hard way. We, we have a country full of grown-up juvenile children that have never had any kind of hardship in their life except where am I going to get my cafe latte. I mean, you showed the picture tonight of all of those barking assholes. It's true. How how are you going to teach them a lesson? How? Yeah, unless they learn it the hard way. Did a benevolent force put Joe Biden in? I don't know. Where the hell did his 81 million votes come from? We only had 141.2 million people who are registered voters who actually voted. If Trump got 74 and a half thousand of them, that doesn't leave 81 million votes for Joe. He's he's. 20 million votes shy of his 81 million. So where did those votes come from? Benevolent force? I don't know. Um, if you put Joe, if you put Joe in, wouldn't you have to have some kind of a puppet master making him dance? Oh yeah. Because the man is an imbecile. Oh, one way or another, Robin, I, I'm in complete agreement that there has at least been a boomerang effect. And we are seeing, and the emperor, it's not even that the emperor has no clothes. The emperor doesn't have any skin. It, it, it's, <laughs> I mean, the emperor's not even there. I know. We're, see, we're just seeing everything now. You know what I would love to do with you one day on the show uh, as, a, as a, um, at least one of the topics? Because we always go all over the place, and I love these talks because I learn a lot. I would love to talk about responsible banking because, okay. because the, the job of the banker is one that is so reviled at this point because it seems like a just a, a business of scheming and theft and and uh, and gambling with other people's greed. money greed but but there has got to be a practical and worthy cause for banking I would love to talk about the responsible banker with you one night that would be a that really would be great I would love to do that and maybe that's what we can Maybe that's what we can um, tack on to our next talk when you come back in the middle of the holiday season because we got to do that. Yeah, um, make sure you put out the uh, recipe for rum balls, brandy balls. So you heard that the other night. People are asking about it. They want to know yes. about the brandy balls. Yes, put it, make sure you put it out for people because I did hear from um, a couple of your audience members who, who sent me pictures. Oh, my God, they look so good. I, my mouth was drooling. So, yeah, put out the recipe for the brandy balls. Everyone will love them. Okay. Well, I, well you, you might, I, I'm going to go look through my emails. I know that you had – I didn't delete it, but I'm just going to – I have to – you have to send it to me again maybe so I, I, it's fresh. Okay. 
I got to put it out there. Yeah, no, I did not put those. Um, my wife, Lauren, and her sister, and I mean, there's usually one day in middle to late December before Christmas that everybody gets together either in one kitchen or another and goes on a baking spree. I love that day. I'm not really a part. I love just walking through the kitchen, smelling things. I love the hustle and the bustle. I would love to add that recipe, just just toss it toss it to them and say, can somebody whip this up for me? That would be great. Yes. But you gotta you gotta remember that once you make them they have to set for a bit. Now my great grandmother would, would make them in June and July and she would let them sit and marinate until Christmas time. So they were really potent. But your audience members said that they had had made them and let them sit for about a week and a half and they were they were quite delicious. I can't wait. Robin, I have linksync.com up on the web, on the the screen right now. I'll make okay. sure that it's in the description of the the episode when I put it up. But um uh thank you so much again for this tonight and I cannot wait to have you back either in late uh, November or maybe early December. Well, but it's going to happen again, and this is my favorite time of year because people like you and I catch up a lot more. So thank you again for the time tonight, and send my best to the husband. I will, and remember to think good thoughts. All will be well. Everything is going to work out just fine. Thank you, Robin. Have a great night. You too. Okay, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Robin McCutcheon with another memorable episode together. Great. Feeling good. Never ever tells people that we're not going to have to do some heavy lifting and we aren't going to see some things that may border on the nightmarish. But always remember, what should balance that out? That we are living the latest chapters, we are writing the latest chapters of a history that has shown us throughout the eons that civilizations rise and fall, that good gives way to complacency, which gives way to laziness and evil, and that evil is eventually vanquished and things reset. A real reset. That happens. So what we got to do is just be prepared to carry that cross at whatever station we're at and be happy that we're part of the fight because it's our chapter to be written. We cannot drop the pen don't drop the pen, ladies and gentlemen. Don't do that. Can't wait to talk about responsible banking one day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a really quick break for intermission. Please ind- uh, support independent media that you enjoy, like this show. I hope that you enjoy the show. It'll always be free to watch, to listen to, on demand or live, whatever the hell it is. It'll never be behind a paywall. Therefore, I ask you, as you come into my cafe here, please become a patron. It only takes as little as a dollar a month to be a patron here at the Quite Frankly Cafe. Thank you. This is my place of business. And I, uh, I survive and I thrive because of voluntary exchanges. I'm never going to bend your arm backwards to get you to support the show. But if you do like it, if you do find it, find that you have a good time every night, please consider going to quitefrankly.tv to the sponsor us section or any of the links below in the episode description and uh, and become a sponsor on Subscribestar or directly through quitefrankly.tv. That's processed through uh, Stripe, I believe. There's no PayPal involved in that. There's even Patreon if you wanted to. But uh, Subscribestar and quitefrankly.tv, that's all I can say. There's even more traditional ways of supporting the show, even if you just wanted to send a nice holiday card, which that time is upon us now too. The P.O. Box. 
that could be found on quitefrankly.tv on the sponsor or section. So, and there's always our sponsors and affiliates. Shop with them for the Christmas season. And, um, and I appreciate you all very much. We will be right back. Thank you for everything. Thank you for making every night, every night so exciting. Thank you for making this a job, a career, an outlet for me that I would brave illness and everything to come out and uh, I feel rejuvenated. This is my never, never land. So thank you for helping me. And I will, uh, I'll be right back on the other side of this break. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Quite so everybody watch, quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Okay, <clears throat> do a little nebulizing here. You see that? A little nebulizing. I just don't want this to turn into a cough, the type of cough that keeps you up all night. I don't want to do that to Lauren. So, um, I gotta get this under control quick. I better go home and have a steak quick. All right, and then some more zinc, some more um, vitamin C. Another 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C, another 60 milligrams of zinc. And I uh, should be all right. Oh, I forgot to take the rest of my beef liver. Poor me. All right, well, I have some super chats here that we have to get to. First, quite frankly, superchat.com. Stostube, four minutes ago, says, Great show, always Frank, a wonderful guest. Thank you. My good man, we support great independent media. Yes, thank you for doing that, my friend. And you always do. Um, incredible. 
Thank you. Shake and Bake says, I like Robin, but her viewpoints seem very Q-ish. Contrary, uh, contrary, time will tell. Also, uh, uh, Sean David Morton's opinion, I think, is, uh, uh, I think the election is going to be hijacked, hung. Also, Tulsi, my dear, it's two years too late. Whispers of Trump, Tulsi, bad idea. Okay, well, let's start from the top. I, I don't know, I, I, uh, I'm hesitant to say that somebody sounds Q-ish just because somebody sounds optimistic. She never veers away that from the fact that there is going to be a collapse. She must know that a majority of Americans have less than $1,000 in their savings account and live paycheck to paycheck. She must know that there's going to be an incredible amount of pain that comes with this kind of a correction. But again... Again, you get you just gotta trust in the heart of man and uh, and the patterns that we are able to recognize in human history. Now, I I would be I would be hesitant to believe anybody that says that we're going to be able to coast through this, or that we're going to be able to get out on the other end of it within the next ten years and reach some kind of a golden age. But then again. If there's ever going to be some real justice for people who have perpetrated what has been done to us over the last uh, however many decades, and especially the last two years, something better happen quick. But remember, as far as what the road forward is, if there is going to be a way, if there is going to be a way that people are able to go forward and and be able to uh, separate themselves from a dying system and remain somewhat solvent and civil, then just like she said, it has to be with independent ventures, parallel economies, and local government. I know that there are plenty of states in this union that will fight to make sure that people in their state are going to level out in some way, shape, or form. Unless we're talking EMP, unless we're talking something that is catastrophic in a planetary sense, then yes, there is going to be a great many people who survive by merits of their local governments are sane. And their local governments have said, fuck you, DC. We tried that and no more. To return DC to that skeletal structure where there's nothing, it's a ghost town, and there's less and less that they have except just trying to openly um, perform acts of violence, then the, the, the emperor has even less clothes, and that is, again, a war that will be lost. That's a war that will be lost. Uh, it may drag on, may be very ugly, but it's a war that will be lost because you don't, at the very, le- at the very least, you never win the trust and the love of people back again. There is nothing for that. You're talking about the scattered final stages of what was the Roman Empire at that point. It's all over. So time will tell, but um, I don't. I don't think Robin. I don't. I don't never. I never talked to Robin about Q, but she's just an optimistic person. That's what I just think. As far as the Sean David Morton's opinion that the election is going to be hijacked or hung, I. Um, I, I don't know, hijacked or hung, I, I, I really do believe, I, even Bill Gates is saying shit like that now, which made me go, huh, 
I've been asking that question since we realized what was going on in 2020. And Tulsi, my dear, it's two years too late. Whispers of Trump Tulsi, bad idea, very bad idea. There was a time on this show that I said, hey, I, I wouldn't mind if, if, uh, if Tulsi was, was put in a post like a, um, a uh, Secretary of State. Tul- I, I, there was a time, and I, really when, when you think about foreign policy, and um, I forget which, which positions she was taking on which wars and stuff, but I said I wouldn't mind that outlook being expressed at the Department of State right now. Just as like a chief diplomat kind of a thing. Anyway, but no, no, no Trump Tulsi ticket. No, thank you. Incompetent hand says Luke, I'm looking for a great. Oh, Luke says I'm looking for a great warrior. I know where this is going. Yoda, wars make not one great. That line has always stuck with me. Yoda was G.K. Chesterton of our time. Now Yoda's a baby, and we know the left deals with babies. We know how the left deals with babies. Well, Yoda's not a baby. Grogu is a baby. It's a new character, separate from Yoda. But yeah, you're right. Yoda was the G.K. Chesterton of our time. There's so much. How many times have I said on this show, you can raise a child on the wisdom that is found inside of Empire Strikes Back alone? You can. Dr. Gottwood's creation says, get some rest, Frank. Doctor's orders. I can't wait to shout out Dr. Gottwood's because uh, Doc over there and his wife have a wonderful woodworking um company and they sent us a gift a a beautiful wood stove cover and this uh pepper mill and this other i gotta show it to you because we're gonna add them to the affiliates page (laughs) but yes i'm gonna be getting some rest this weekend i just gotta get through thursday and friday we will see thank you so much for everything gotwoods we'll talk soon Brave New Stacker says, Hi, Frank. A warning to folks tonight to stack some precious metals ASAP. When the signs are obvious that the dollar is finished and many will not even realize it, buying metals will be way too late. Prayers going out to all of you and your loved ones. As I said at the beginning of it, thank you for that, Brave New Stacker. I do a little stacking. I think everybody should. Stacking silver, especially if you can just get into rolls of junk silver, uh, dimes, mercury, dimes, quarters, whatever the hell it is. But if you wanted to get into any of that, go to the Quite Frankly Affiliate, Wise, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. Get in touch with Tony at Wise Wolf. That is quitefrankly.gold, I believe. The link is on Quite Frankly Affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv. Get in touch with them. No order is too small. And if you have a big order that you want to roll into an IRA, they set up the vaults for you, all that stuff, it's physical. Everything is physical. None of it is paper. So um, if that is something that you are interested in, now you have a new friend you can call. All right. uh, Let's see. Over to Rumble. Black Stallion says, love bomb exploding with prayers for healing. All the Frankly family, group hug. One love, Lynn. Thank you so much, Lynn. Thank you to everybody on Rumble having a good time. I like to see Rumble is growing. Every day we have dozens of new people going on over there, naturally. 
almost 24,000 people that are subscribed to the channel. I would love to see that matching YouTube soon. I really would. I'd love to see that matching YouTube. Slow but sure wins the race. Get over to Rumble and make sure that it's your backup, at least. All right, Paul Rickards says, Two days later, didn't hear a mention of Rocco's Basilisks on your Jim Lee AI show. I don't know what that is. So, Paul, if you can send me an email with a link, I'd love to see it, and I'll make sure that it comes up. Pragmatic Peacock says it's possibly had nothing to do with Congress granting themselves full salaries for life after only five years. Yeah. Yeah. They're always very efficient at giving themselves money and medical uh, insurance forever. Rosangela Crispino says, Ciao, Frank, and all the Frankly family. Can't wait to write the Francis episode of Alina Piccolina. She is an author, a wonderful Italian author from Australia sent me some of her work thank you Rosangela for being out there and thank you for hanging out with us all the time wonderful people hanging out on Rockfin alright on to quitefrankly.tv Foxhole Sean Joe thank you Paul Paulie says uh, every once in a while the lion has to show the jackal Amazon thank you so much for the red pill or the gold pill uh, B Triangle, Robin is the best. Zoso says, oh my God, I love her, your guest. Next to Dave from X22, she's my next favorite guest. X from, well, I guess, well, there, so I guess uh, Zoso feels she's a little QE then too. Dave is an optimistic guy. Yeah, but um, very on the Q side of things. And of course, he doesn't answer me back anymore. I, I really do think I screwed that one up by being on the wrong side of the vaccine <clears throat> issue with him. I I wish it weren't so. I mean, you can still be friends and and um and disagree on something, but I it, it may it might have been a a fatal a fatal error on my part. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Swickly says pray out loud. The power of the spoken word is real. Love to all and God bless. Thank you, Swickly. Thank you. All right. I want to do this story real. Oh, wait, wait. There's one more here. I have a birthday. Thank you. A birthday wish. Frank, this is Chris from Oklahoma. I just wanted to say how much my wife, Daylin, and I have enjoyed your show since she discovered it in 2017 after listening to a Dark to Light episode. The guests have been absolutely awesome in the last couple of months and just wanted to say thank you for all the hard work you put into the show. You provide the spark for many discussions in our household on a daily basis. And we just wanted to say thank you for being a voice of true America for we the people, which is a high compliment. But I do have to ask, if you get the chance, please wish my wife a happy birthday on October 12th, which is today. I know it would make her day even more special. Again, thank you, Frank, and God bless. Chris King. Chris Dalen. I hope that Dalen has a wonderful birthday today. I hope that this has rounded it out nicely. I hope you had a great meal. I hope you've enjoyed the warmth of your family. And I hope that you have a lot more to talk about at the breakfast table tomorrow. And cheers to another five years of hanging out with each other. And then after the end of that five years, let's, let's re-up that and do another five. And then another five. God willing. 
Um, yeah. The emails are, are always, they're the greatest part of my job. They're a little overwhelming sometimes. It's hard to get around to all of them, but they're, they're the greatest part. I, uh, but I have to do this now with you. This is from Just the News. We talk a lot about the deep state and all, and they're flailing. This is just incredible. Headline, bombshell revelation of $1 million offer to Steele, Christopher Steele. Now, we know that he was on the payroll. He was being paid. Do we understand this? We know the, 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 the Fusion GPS angle. We know the FBI angle, but this is a little bit different. $1 million was offered to Steele to sh- uh, shows the FBI misled Congress on the Russia probe, says Cash Patel. <coughs> <coughs> Following the bombshell revelation from the trial of Igor Denchenko, the FBI offered Christopher Steele $1 million to corroborate his dossier. Former House Intelligence Committee investigator Cash Patel said this proves the Bureau knew it hadn't been able to verify the Trump-Russia collusion narrative and misled Congress. Denchenko, the primary source for the Steele dossier, is charged in five counts of lying to the FBI. This is all the Durham count, uh, investigation. As the prosecution opened its case against Denchenko Tuesday, special counsel John Durham questioned his first witness, FBI super, uh, supervisory intelligence analyst Brian Auten. Auten testified that in early October 2016, FBI offered Steele up to $1 million to provide corroborating evidence for his dossier, but the former British spy didn't provide any information to the Bureau. As a result, Steele wasn't given the money because he was unable to, quote, prove the allegations. An application the FBI submitted to a FISA court on October 21, 2016 for a warrant to initiate electronic surveillance of former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page included uncorroborated information from the dossier. Auten Uh, testified that before the FBI received the dossier, it didn't have enough evidence to obtain a FISA warrant. So before they got the dossier that was complete bullshit, they didn't have enough evidence to obtain a FISA warrant. Even though they had the other one, the Kevin Kleinsmith guy, um, jacking up information about the past work of Carter Page, making sure that nobody uh, knew that he was actually working with intelligence services as early as March, uh, as recently as March 2016 to take down Russians. He was definitely working with the intelligence, um, the intelligence community there, but they had to wipe that away to turn him into a newly minted enemy of the state. And even that wasn't enough. So they had to use Christopher Steele's nonsense and he couldn't even, I, I mean, which means that while this was being pushed as credible, in court, Christopher Steele couldn't even cash in on what the feds were willing to pay him a million dollars. I mean, this is just, it's absolutely incredible. Here's a few of the tweets that I thought were pretty interesting that add a little bit more to this this um this story hans uh mank monk 
Says James Comey deceitfully pushed Steele's lies into intelligence community assessment. He also asserted some of the dossier's reporting had been corroborated. Comey's lie had now been unequivocally contradicted in court testimony. When will Comey be held accountable? When? We got plenty of room in some uh, prisons right now. Let's do it. That would be wonderful. Remember, he said in January of twenty uh, of twenty eighteen, uh, no, of twenty seventeen, that it was still uh, salacious and unverified. They had already had several FISA applications renewed since then, and they would get two more, I believe. So there's that, and now there's a little bit more. Chad Pergram says this. A top GOPer on the House Oversight Committee, Comer, on Fox said, I don't know who looks worse in the Steele dossier saga, the FBI or Adam Schiff, but either way, people need to be held accountable for what the country went through over those two years, which is old school when you, old uh, old news when you consider what's been done to us the last two years. Comer also said, with respect to the Democrats trying to impeach Trump and the national mainstream media trying to harass Trump over Russian collusion, we now know without a shadow of a doubt it was based on the Steele dossier, which is completely fiction. And also this shines light on the abuse of the FISA warrants. And now people rightfully pointed out, no, 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 no. The GOP, as bad as all that is, the GOP looks even worse. You, you have to expect criminals especially Democrats, to commit crimes. You have to expect that, okay? And the GOP looks even worse. Then again, they're working with them. The Uniparty, they're working with them. The the saddest thing is that people believe that there is some kind of a divide between the two. Julie Kelly took Chad Pergram's tweet and added to it. She said, what shined a light on the abuse of the FISA warrant was the House, uh, was the February 2018 by the warrant by Devin Nunes. The GOP had control of House, Senate, and Executive Branch, and you know what happened? Nothing. Very right. Julie Kelly does not mince words when it comes to to, uh, to, to throwing Republicans under the bus that they rightfully, that's where they rightfully belong. Then Jeff Carlson adds on to what Julie says. Says furthermore, on February 27, 2017, Nunes stated that he had absolutely no evidence. Oh, he has stated that he had seen absolutely no evidence of Russia Trump collusion. That's Devin Nunes. On March 22, 2017, Nunes informed Trump that he believed Trump and his staff were illegally surveilled. For his efforts, an ethics investigation was launched into Nunes. This is in a Republican controlled Congress. They brought up an ethics investigation. You guys all remember that. We were doing it together. Uh, Jeff continues. He says, Nunes was forced to recuse himself from the Russia collusion investigation on April 6th as a result, although he continued to work behind the scenes. The next day, April 7th, the second Carter Page renewal took place. As you rightly note, the GOP did absolutely nothing. Justin, it's, it's good to have it in mind. It's good to understand. But I say jail and gallows to many because they're still trying they're still to this day they're still trying to get donald trump they're still investigating him still trying it's infuriating it's infuriating that people can see nobility in that that some people would hear this segment of this show and be of the mindset to go oh oh cope and seethe 
cope and seethe, cry, Trumpster. Like, oh, you're so fucking pathetic. There's a special place in hell for dumb, treasonous fucks like you. You're so fucking pathetic. If you think that there are, there's teams, there's teams. I mean, you read stuff like this and you remember what needed to happen and what cooperation you needed from Republicans and Democrats alike to allow all of that to just go away without any repercussion. And for anybody to think that there is a difference between the parties is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But again, these are people, again, these are people who get the bunkers when the frat party over there in D.C. comes to an end. When the tidal waves come, the asteroids, the nukes, they get the bunkers. That turkey gobbler fuck Mitch McConnell, he'll get a bunker and we fry. Anyway, it's 8.40 and I think that my throat has taken enough. I'm going to go eat and figure out a way to make myself relax for the rest of the evening. And I cannot wait to come here tomorrow night. I don't know if Bill Altman will be on because I don't want to expose him to whatever the hell. Uh, I'm at the tail end of something, but hopefully everything goes off without a hitch tomorrow. I will be here at 7 o'clock. I will see you then. Say a little prayer for me, of course. Keep me in your nightly devotionals. And I um, thank you. Thank you for everything, ladies and gents. I think that's all I have in the Super Chats. And, uh... <laughs> Anything else? No. That's all. You guys have been great. Be good. And enjoy the rest of your evening. Good night to you. I'll catch you on the flip side. Oh, I'm sorry. In about 15 minutes, we're starting... Now, 15 minutes, we're starting getting over to QuiteFrankly.tv right now. Because it's Wednesday night. That means it's Rabbit Hole Wednesdays on QuiteFrankly.tv. Go hang out with all the wonderful people in the chat room and wait to see what our wonderful network engineers put live in just a few minutes. I did not tell them that I was getting off early, so uh, they may still go live at 9. It's 8.40. So just be a little patient. Keep the tab open. And the night will continue before you know it. Thank you to all my super chatters tonight. Stow Stube, Shake and Bake, and Competent Hands. Dr. Gottwoods, Brave New Stacker. And to our wonderful friends on Rumble and on Foxhole. I'm releasing that scratching right now. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank <laughs> you.